the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Welcome back to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders. I am Ben South here with my co-host Danny Smith. Danny, how are you today? Hey Ben, I'm good. Good to be with you today. And uh, Today's a little different. It is. We're it not, is. I'm not used to seeing your face like this in person. And, and you, may, you may like the other way better. It may be better if we just hear each other's it, that's voices right. more than I have a same. face for radio. In fact, you have the best quote. I have a face for radio and a voice for print. That's exactly that's right. So that's why we that's why we started this podcast, so you can see all our deficiencies and that's right. all that good that's stuff. Right. But it is fun to be in the same room and to uh, to talk live. Yeah, we don't ministry. usually record no. this way, so we've got a, a good time and a good conversation headed today. Um, we're normally apart, but together we've got our guest with us in in house, in, in house, person. in studio, in office, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Does your office have one of those fancy studios from the Ben South Studio? No, it does no. not. Okay. No, I don't have uh, any of that fancy stuff. But we, uh, it's just a regular office. So well, we're just... it looks good. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to be in. It's better. Uh, it's it's fun to be in person. And yeah, I'm excited about our guest today. Uh, it's going to be a, a good conversation, I think. It is. Well, let's just jump right into it today. We've got Zeb. Back Valentine with us. Zeb, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, just take a minute first and just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you serve, what the Lord's doing with you in ministry right now. Sure. Um, well, I was born and raised in Arkansas, and as was my wife, Michelle, and um, we've been married uh, 14 years. We have three kids, um, and about three years ago uh, this month, we moved to Dayton, Tennessee, um, where I became the professor of worship arts at Bryan College. And um, I also do a few other things. I'm an adjunct professor at Liberty, and um, I'm the worship leader at our local church there in Dayton. Um, and so, yeah, we've been, just been down there uh, living life and doing ministry together and in that context and, and loving it. And you've got a book that is recently out. You can get it on Amazon and all the other I guess there are there other places people buy things these days. I don't know, yeah. but Amazon, I know you can get it there, right. and other places online uh, called Worship Vitals that's come out in mm-hmm. the, just in the last few weeks. So uh, been able to read a little bit of it. Excited about digging into it. And if you'll stay tuned, there'll be information toward the end how you can get a copy of this yourself for free. And free is always good. Free is my favorite word. So, <laughs> so I love it. So, but what instigated you to work, write Worship Vitals? Yeah. Um, well. I don't really consider myself a, like a real author. Um, like I just had a couple of ideas that I just felt I needed to put to paper, you know. And um, this is my second book, and um, my first one was maybe about half the size of this this book, and I, I published that a couple years ago. But I had uh, the idea of kind of a, um, a beginner's level theology of worship practices and um, just kind of had that idea kind of swimming around in my brain for a couple years and um, I even got started writing a chapter or two and um, and then just kind of put it aside and then when uh, COVID happened and you know we all went into quarantine and binge watching Netflix and YouTube and kind of when that ran its course I thought I needed to kind of make um something productive out of this time and so um, I really um, 
all all last summer you know as soon as we put the kids to bed i would kind of go out on the back porch and just kind of type away all night until i got so tired i couldn't see and and uh and i was able to finish the writing maybe right into early fall of uh last year and so uh, yeah that's just kind of how how the book came to be i just kind of i had i had some thoughts i had some um convictions and 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 some beliefs that, about worship that i just really felt i needed to put out there and um and share it with others now you you teach music that's kind of what you vocationally you're a professor of music and lead worship yeah uh, professor of worship professor yeah. of worship so yeah. you teach the the academic side of what worship is and uh, you know probably a lot even with the instrumental type stuff and those uh-huh. uh, parts of worship but your book's not really about that is it right it's it's about um all areas of christian worship which uh music is certainly part of that but it's just kind of one slice of the pie and i wanted to explore um not every element of our christian worship but almost every element. i think the only element i didn't really cover is preaching because i feel like there you know i can think of 30 people that can sure. write yeah. better on that subject than i could and so um, I, I just wanted to look at a holistic view of, uh, of Christian worship, in particular a Sunday morning context, and, um, and bring what Scripture has to say about that to the surface a little bit. I know when I first started going on staff at churches and serving out of college and stuff like that, uh, the, the worship wars, as it was kind of called, was still kind of in its main. I mean, there was still a lot of it um, happening. Uh, you know, I don't know that necessarily um, the worship wars are still taking place, at least in that, you know, and, and I use that phrase just simply to talk about churches transitioning from a traditional hymn book to maybe what we consider praise and worship today. Yeah. And so we're, we're probably past maybe some of that. But, uh, you know, when you, I, I like the fact that you talked about a holistic approach to it, because I think sometimes whether you're serving in the second chair um, or wherever you're serving in a local church, People have ideas about worship. Um, they have ideas what it should look like. Um, there's emotional connections to it, you know, mm-hmm. because when you sing a certain song, it brings up those emotional connections and memories. So um, when you talk about uh, just kind of that holistic approach, if somebody's sitting in the second chair, how can that book encourage them to look at worship outside of just that one little slice of the pie maybe that, that we're accustomed to, the music? Um, wh- what can they do in that second chair, third chair, to really kind of develop that theology of worship in whatever ministry they're working in. Yeah, uh, that's a good that's a good question. I think uh, I think no matter what spot you are in in leadership, I think it every person needs to develop their theology of worship. Um, I think that that um, one thing that's kind of discouraging is sometimes that just kind of gets left to the music mm-hmm. guy and every other either staff person or lay person's theology of worship can tend to be underdeveloped. And so um, I think everyone needs to have a a robust understanding of Christian worship. And um, I think as far as uh, chair two, chair three leaders and so on, kind of helping to to shape that um, beyond music is, is, I I think having that bigger picture of Christian worship can kind of help fuel those conversations you know if if someone 
in chair two or chair three wants to uh, be a part of shaping a bigger worship culture and all they know of worship culture is music mm-hmm. and they're the Lord's probably not going to open up much opportunity for them to to influence those other areas in the church and so you know I would say um, to to pursue a knowledge and understanding of those other areas and um, and I believe that if someone does that that you know the Lord will open up those opportunities for them to be able to speak into some positive change that they could see in their church you know so you know Ben we had Freddie Pike on uh, a podcast an earlier podcast that we did and he mentioned you know that kind of when and he's retired now but when he was doing ministry it was kind of the pastor and the education guy that was kind of like mm-hmm. you know right hand uh, you know the duo kind of yeah. kind of now he says it's the, the pastor and the worship pastor but you know I think the, I've not forgotten that because there's a discipleship factor in worship that if we just leave it to the music uh, which obviously is incredibly important and it can be a discipleship tool but your kids ministry your education ministry youth college missions i mean working at the front counter to greet people when they come in all of that is in some type of element discipleship and worship uh in that so um i just i I know for me i've got to be careful not to just single-handedly put it on the the worship pastor's plate so to speak yeah yeah, now, you define um, worship in your book as our correct response to who God is and what he has done. Mm-hmm. As a just kind of the overarching definition of what worship is. It's just a response of our life. Yeah. Um, and you even talk about um, Piper's quote that he's famous for that, you know, missions exist because worship doesn't yeah. in places. And how it's it, it yeah. really is the reason we do what we do as believers right. is to worship God. Um but so many times when we're talking worship, especially in the church culture, we are talking about, well, what kind of worship do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, well, we're contemporary, and um, or we're traditional, or yeah. we're, I think you say the the blended, whatever that means. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so let, let's talk a little bit about that. What do you mean um, by, if, if you said this, you said if we define our worship by style alone, it's a shallow definition. Right, yeah. What do you mean by that? How, how can we get it deeper than that? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I mean, uh, conversations around style are important, but it doesn't begin and end there. Um, and often our worship style, as far as music goes, is probably not as important as we tend to make it out to be. And so coming to ha- having a bigger picture of what defines a worship culture, I would, I would consider things like, hey, what is your preaching style like? You know, how, what is the bulk of... The worship service made out to be most most people are more sermon heavy and most people are more music heavy or um, what other elements of worship do you use like communion how often do you partake how do you partake um, how do you respond to a sermon do you guys respond with silence do you respond with an invitation do you respond with singing do you some respond with communions um, how, how do you use prayer how do you use uh, scripture reading. Um, I think a worship culture goes uh, far beyond uh, musical choices, and, um, and it really involves every area and every element that goes into a worship service on Sunday morning. And uh, the book is really just about calling us to be kind of to think through those areas more. 
rather than just do them out of routine or maybe not realize the weight that they carry. Um, and so when we're wanting to shape a worship culture, we've got to look at all those areas, not just mm-hmm. music style or what instruments we use or what what's the cool song that's being played now that we've got to incorporate into our church. You know, it, it involves so much more than that. So when you go into worship planning, and when we've all, I've been there on both sides of it. I've led music, I've preached. Um, most of the time when you're planning a worship service, the effort goes into planning the songs, mm-hmm. planning the, the message, studying for the message. And then we usually, oh, we'll put a prayer there. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll do the Lord's Supper. We'll do communion here. Um, yeah. We'll have an invitation. Whatever song, I'll just pick a song. And we don't really put a lot of planning into, okay, what are we going to pray about here? How are we going yeah. to lead in prayer? What is how is this prayer going to be a part of our worship time and or those other elements? They become we've talked about it around our office a lot that the prayer becomes a transition. Yeah, and a lot of people have written about it. I've, I've read it multiple places. You know, prayer is the transition to get the band mm-hmm. off the stage. Right. <laughs> you know, but really, it's not that, and we demean it as a and reduce it from an act of worship if we're just making it that. Right. But we don't do much planning for that either. Yeah. I, I know you talk about it some in the book. Dive into that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, a big pet peeve of mine is using prayer as a cheap segue. You know, oh, we're done with our last song. We've got to, um, now we got to stick a prayer here so that the band can magically vanish from the stage. Um, and all of a sudden the, the pastor... Mm-hmm is ready to go on at the pulpit and i i have such a pet peeve of using that spot as a cheap segue that maybe i don't even i don't uh i don't include prayer there sometimes when i should you know we just kind of swing the other way and as far as using uh prayer intentionally in in worship service uh, kind of a case i make try to make in the book is um considering liturgical prayers you know, some scripted prayers can help sometimes. And, and people can look at that and maybe be leery of doing something like that because they might think, well, it might seem fake or it might seem routine. But I would argue that we can get in such a rut in our spontaneous prayers that those prayers become routine and they become scripted. In some ways, even though we might not have the words right in front of us, we we have in our mind the bullet points we're going to hit with our prayers. Well, we've all been and, there when somebody's praying, and we know how they're winding. You know, we yeah. know how they land the plane every oh, yeah. time. He's That's like, right. okay, we're getting ready to sing again. You know, That's right. The prayer's yeah. almost over. <laughs> and, um, you know, I I think even if someone reads the book and, and they, they, they don't exactly land where I land on that, where they might not say, I don't really want to include scripted prayers, Something that has helped me get out of my rut of prayer, either privately or publicly, um, has been to read scripted prayers. Mm-hmm. And because sometimes those urge me to pray in ways that I no- normally wouldn't or pray for things that I normally wouldn't. And so I think uh, I think looking at through prayer books um, and liturgical prayers, I, I, I see nothing... That could be lost by doing something like that. And and really, it's just a call to be more intentional with the element of prayer and um, uh, be focused, be concise. You know, how many times have uh, 
have you guys seen? I know I've seen it a lot where we, you know, we're about to take the offering and we ask somebody spontaneously to pray for the offering and they pray for everything yeah, under the right. sun. That's right. Except the offering, or maybe that towards the end they remember they're supposed to be praying for the offering, and they're like, "Oh, and Lord bless these tithes and offerings." <laughs> Pray yeah. through the announcements of the That's week. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's right. Right. That's right. I mean, um, it really is just a uh, just a uh, supposed to be a reminder that hey, this is an actual element of worship. Yeah. Um, we need to we need to take that as seriously as we do every other thing: the sermon, the songs, the scriptures, everything, and you know, make everything focused on the person work of Jesus be intentional with every element and that includes our times of prayer whether it's scripted or spontaneous you know we're we're just people we're reactionary people by nature mm-hmm. you know and so if we say something like I'm going to use a scripted prayer or if we use the word liturgy at least in baptist circles we're going to say okay well that's not us or that's yeah. that's a different faith group that uses that and but you're right, there's value to it. And sometimes because we're reactionary, we, we want to come to the other side. And I read something pretty fascinating a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, there's all, if you if you get on social media, uh, which is a rabbit hole in of itself, but if you, if you jump on social media, you know, you're hearing things about, you know, how does a pastor get a sermon? Like, where does that material come from? Is it okay to preach somebody else's sermon or to use other people's resources is it uh yeah it seems somewhat familiar these days i don't have a clue what you're talking you you don't have a clue so well i promise you twitter can fill you in quickly on it uh but also uh, basically the point of the article i was reading is that one of the things that scripted prayers or liturgy or that uh that particular tradition can do is it does kind of guard against the superstar preacher mentality the superstar worship leader mentality because mm-hmm. now now the elements have a lot more um, intentionality about them so now all of a sudden you know this gentleman that's leading a prayer this this lady that's leading the prayer you know they're just as important as what the pastor is going to do and as what the worship pastor is going to mm-hmm. do and so again there's um, those elements are so critical and I have yeah. to be I have to guard against all right, you know, uh, pastors may say, okay, worship leader, you're talking too much. You're taking my time. You know what it is. And it becomes a competition yeah. instead of going, okay, if we have an hour, hour and 15 minutes, however long you, you script it to go or, or plan for it to go, if we can be more intentional about in these elements, mm-hmm. this is what we would love to see happen in those times. And yeah. so it does make the planning, like you said, being it takes it from just let me pick a few songs to – Hey, let me think through why I'm going to do this at this point, and is that point helpful? Which you know, in most Baptist churches, you can't mess with tradition, so you know you got to be careful. Uh, you got to see if you want to get on that hill. So, yeah. saying all that to say, uh, you're talking to your students. Uh, if you're reading this book, um, and you didn't cover preaching in the book, but what were some of the essentials, those elements that you did cover, and thought, hey, think through how you do this. Yeah. Um, well, opening the book in the first chapter, I really talked about um, you know, defining worship, defining worship culture, uh, and why all that's important. And uh, some of the finer points, um, we, we looked into uh, some of the commandments, in particular the first four, and how they um, provide for us a theology of, of worship. Looked at some of the teachings of Jesus, how he provides and refines some theology of worship um, and some of the 
some of the elements that we touch on, like we mentioned, singing, um, uh, prayer, uh, communion, um, I have a chapter on giving, um, which that was a very, um, that's probably the most convicting chapter um, that I wrote in that. Um, I just kind of touch on that. And we were talking a little bit off air about, you know, student debt. You know, that's kind of something that I was self-reflecting on this past summer as I was writing the book. Like, you know, what is a big hindrance in our in our giving uh, in churches today? Um, and I think a lot of it is is our our debt. You know, mm-hmm. we're just crippled in debt. And uh, so I, I have a I have a chapter kind of unpacking that. Um, yeah, really every element that you would typically see on a Sunday morning, I, I try to try to touch on and kind of expound upon from the scriptures and um, really any um, any worship practice that we're giving and that we're prescribed in in the New Testament, I, I try to bring that to the surface mm-hmm. and and, uh, and and talk a little bit about that and explain and expound upon that. And so, which honestly, we, we're not given a, a ton of uh, practices in the New Testament that were prescribed compared to the old when we have books and books written mm-hmm. about all the prescribed practices I mean when you look at the New Testament we really don't have a whole lot and so, what you do have a lot of them are just descriptive versus prescriptive this is how you have to yeah, do it exactly yeah. and uh, and so that, that was kind of part of my burden if, uh, um, if in the Old Testament you have all of these uh, prescribed methods and in the New Testament we're given a lot of freedom but just a handful of, of prescribed elements like why why do we do so poorly on on uh, hitting all those buttons you know on Sunday morning and so um, so that, that that's kind of was a big uh, motivator behind that you know let's let's come back to um, let, let's still embrace our creativity that I think the Lord allows us to have in our worship gatherings and but let's not neglect all of the things that he's told us to do. Um, for the sake of our creative expressions mm-hmm. on Sundays, you know. Um, so, yeah, that, uh, I touch on all of those um, in the book. So walk us through, you know, you teach this, and so you lead worship in your church. The, the worship vitals that you see as essential and leading in worship, what goes through your process, maybe what you teach, or what you do to plan for that? What's a week look like in planning for a you know, a, a faithful to scripture, faithful to truly worshiping certain time together with believers. Yeah. Um, right now in my current context of ministry, um, you know, I'm, I'm very much part-time at my church. And so really, um, I'm music exclusive. Um, I've had other contexts of ministries where the entire service is up to me to plan and, and things like that. So in my current uh, ministry assignment um, I, I'm just focusing on music and so kind of a grid I, I always try to think through uh, when planning and choosing songs is I try to imagine somebody let, let's say someone walks in to our church for the very first time ever being in a church they know nothing of Jesus and know nothing about God what do I want them walking out of mm-hmm. here believing That's about good. Christ mm-hmm. based only on the songs that we sing and so um, I that helps me um, plan with kind of broader theology, like not just to sing on one attribute of God every Sunday, but try to 
try to include a holistic um, gospel presentation mm-hmm. in, in, in our songs. And um, that also helps me think through what songs am I going to teach our congregation this year. And so I do most of my planning at the beginning of the year. And what I mean by that, I kind of have like 12 songs, like 12 hymns that I know I want our church to keep circling back to. I have like 12 new songs that I want us to keep circling back to. And I also have 12 songs that we're going to try to introduce and teach and then I, I do more than those 36 songs but those sure. are the the ones I'm intentionally gonna keep circling back to and so if I do if I spend a good amount of time at the beginning of the year kind of creating that core list of songs I envision mm-hmm. for the year it really kind of helps my week-to-week planning for the rest of the year and so Kind of, like of preaching through books of the Bible you know just yeah I, I know the Lord's leading us through this book for most of the year or all of the year. And so, yeah, yeah that, that is helpful. And I have my previous book. It's called The Singing Teacher, How the Worship Leader Shapes the Theology of the Church. So and good, yeah. I really advocate for that, like for worship leaders to to think like preachers. You know, like a, a preacher is going to look at, um, okay, what are some theological needs my church has this year? And I want to go for that. Or what book of the Bible mm-hmm. do we need to go? And um, I mean, really the same thing for the worship leader if you mm-hmm. have that um, that philosophy that you are teaching through your songs we need to kind of have that same drive for planning and, and, and vision casting and um, uh, in service towards our, our people you know like what are our theological needs right now or what what are some um, attributes of God we need to mm. circle back to pretty consistently this year. So do you do that in, with partnership with your pastor? Do y'all work together? Like when you're selecting those, the body of music for that year, mm. that these are our focus songs, do you do that with the pastor, maybe where he's going to preach or where he is leading, or do y'all kind of do that independently? Um, he, he tells me kind of his plan for the year of, of preaching, and he, he really gives me a lot of freedom in that. Um, you know, I I let him know what, the lists are and and also he um he'll throw in some suggestions before as it, if he knows i'm working on the list and things like that but for the most part he, he's really given me a lot of freedom and kind of a lot of trust in that mm-hmm. and um he's not one that has to look through every song every sunday and and you know toss this one out put this one in you know he, he really kind of gives mm-hmm. me a lot of um a lot of leeway on that but yeah um a little bit of both. I, 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 he gives his input. I take his input, and um, but for the most part of that, he's he's kind of lets me lets me do my thing with that. Yeah, I love that. I, I love that idea of of teaching uh, through worship because again, it it all goes back to the entire service, and really from the time that people pull into the parking lot um, and start making their way into the gathering and whether they go to Sunday school first or whatever they do. I mean, every element needs to be designed as a teaching discipleship. Mm-hmm. Like, here's why we greet people. Yeah. Um, here's why, uh, you know, we sing these songs, and this is why the preacher's preaching the way he preaches, and this is why we put, you know, communion and giving, you know, uh, at, at least probably in the traditions we grew up in, that sometimes the offering was just... Uh, another segue or yeah. tacked on at the end of the service. That's what you did while someone sang special That's music. That's right. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> sang special music and uh, Sister So-and-So there and, and communion especially was just like, oh, it's Fifth Sunday so mm-hmm. we do it four times a year and 
But again, all these things are teaching discipleship right. moments. And so if you're in the second chair, third chair, maybe you know, maybe you're not necessarily um, in the planning of the Sunday service, but your kids' ministry, your college ministry, you know, your missions ministry, all those things reflect what I believe about worship, mm-hmm. what we believe about who God is. And so therefore everything we do has to instruct and form yeah. in that. Yeah. Yeah, and worship is not the style. Right. And exactly. I mean, I have my we all have our style preferences. I have the kind of music I like best that speaks to right. me the best personally, but it's not about me. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not about my preferences and styles, but it's about the God. So I can enjoy music that's not my style or even you yeah. know what I'm comfortable with if it's speaking and singing about the God I love. Mm-hmm. If it truly is, right. clearly. And it's that's where the words of the music come important because yeah. I, I don't want to be halfway in the song wonder, what is this song talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. If I switched out the church setting, could this just be another song? And right. it's just a shame over the years that we've had those wars over a style. And, uh, you know, again, I think sometimes there's, uh, it's like you said, sometimes I, if I go to a church, uh, like if I went to the church my dad pastored uh, mm-hmm. for many years and I came in to do it the way... I've done church planting or something. Well, mm-hmm. of course you're probably not real smart. You know, yeah. you didn't evaluate and look and have an awareness there. But yeah, just I think getting back to the depths and the beauty of who the Lord is, and I think your mm-hmm. book really accomplishes that. And uh, love how uh, you just put that out there for for mm-hmm. those guys. And um, what do you tell your students about in those leadership roles? Of okay, you're not going to be the senior pastor. You might not even be. Uh, the senior minister or whatever at your church um, anything specific you tell them anything you, you try to just encourage them with uh, through your teaching yeah I think uh, um, being a second chair leader there's an art to that you know especially if you might be kind of a visionary type because um, you don't want to overstep your senior pastor um, but you want to do the best job you can in your role and so I've always uh, I've always thought just kind of get the pulse of your first year leader you know some guys are very hands off and some are very hands on Um, some are hands off but give a little bit of direction some are hands on in every I mean, they'll tell you what kind of underwear you're going to wear on Sunday you know like very (laughs) micromanaging yeah (laughs) And so if, uh, and both of both extremes have their frustrations, I think, you know, um, I like working with freedom, but I also want a little bit of direction, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I don't want a pastor to be completely hands off. Um, but if you're working under someone that is probably a little more, um, tends to be a little more hands on or micromanaging, um, I've told students, um, play his game his way for a while prove yourself Mm -hmm. um and after a while if you kind of build up some street cred with him maybe eventually start saying hey could i ease your burden in this way Mm -hmm. you know whatever that is maybe one one little step maybe um maybe if you say hey instead of uh, us having to sit down and pick out the songs together um I mean, I think you've you've observed me enough, long enough. Maybe I've built some trust. How about you let me pick out the songs and you approve them? You know, maybe do it that way for for a mm-hmm. while, and then say, hey, how about 
uh, now um, you start letting me plan other elements in, in the worship service. But yeah, I would start with um, getting the pulse of your first year leader, mm-hmm. playing his game his way for a while, doing it the best that you can to serve him and and the church in that uh, position that you're called to. And uh, I would think any logical first year leader would see a faithful second year leader and start giving them a little bit, a little bit more leeway after sure. they prove themselves, you know. Um, and, and so, yeah, it, it could be, I've heard one pastor describe it as kind of like a delicate dance. You know, you don't want, um, I mean, you don't want to uh, really step on each other's toes as you're doing mm-hmm. this thing, but you, you do got to figure out how you're going to, how you're going to do this thing together, you know. Yeah. That is, it's good. Well, Zeb, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, it's been good talking to you. If somebody wanted to connect with you or find, you know, get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, um, I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can search for my name, uh, um, Zeb Valentine with one L. Um, and Instagram, it's at Zeb Valentine, one word. Um, you can connect with me through those ways. It's probably the best way. I'm on, I'm on those two platforms all the time. Well, great. Danny, we, we talked a little bit. Zeb's a professor. Our sponsor for our episodes, they've got a lot of professors there, too, some good people there. Do. Tell them about our sponsors yeah, for Yeah, we're this so episode. glad. So glad that Central Baptist College is uh, our sponsor. And they know if you need a college degree but don't have the time, the Pace College degree program at Central Baptist College in Conway, Arkansas, has a proven in-class, online, or hybrid course format, multiple degrees to fit your busy schedule. They know that you can't quit your full-time job. They understand that. That's why they've developed a flexible format that's helped adults for 20 years earn their degree while working full-time. So here's how you can get started. Visit cbc.edu online, apply for admission, request a virtual meeting. A personal enrollment counselor is going to help you enroll in the classes that you need. So visit cbc.edu online today so you can earn your degree reach your goals and you can be like Zeb Ballantyne he's an alumni of mm-hmm. Central Baptist College and mm-hmm. so I'm so thankful for the work that uh, that you're doing and it's been a fun time discussing all this yeah yeah absolutely I'm excited for it that's right it's been a good time thanks Zeb now if you want to get a copy of his book for free here is how you can do it make sure you like or follow us on Facebook or Twitter and share this week's post and you'll be entered into a drawing to win a free copy. I'll send it to you myself of his new book, Worship Vital. So make sure you go to our social media. If you if you go to all of them and you share and like in both those places, you'll be entered more than once. So make sure you do that, and maybe you'll win a book this week, too. Then can I enter to win this book? You can win the book. I can win the book? You all can right. win the book. So you probably won't. But I you probably could. won't. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much okay. fun. Well, Zeb, thanks for joining us. Y'all have a great week, and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.